Welcome to Sports and Stogies. Now, introducing your hosts, Cameron Winklewitz and Austin Hayes. Hawk's motor is very iconic. Is that the motor? Is that what I was doing? I, you you kind of do. My eyebrows are actually very expressive. They are. As you well and know. You, you do the smolder. Bro. Can you smell what Austin is smoking? <laughs> no, but I can. <laughs> I can't too, and it's fucking great so far. Uh, speaking of WWE, kind of iconic in the shit-talking world, right? A lot of influence, for sure. Like, for instance, well, you know, when I was probably like 12, uh, on national television watching Raw with my dad, uh, John Cena calls Umaga shriveled up monkey penis. Pretty unique. Very unique. I've never heard anything like it before. And you added that to your vocabulary? Naturally. Anything else? Uh, you're looking like a shriveled up monkey penis tonight. Whoa. Take it easy. I have heard the uh, the more cigars you smoke, the worse your skin gets, and the more you end up looking like a shriveled up monkey penis. Well, we better quit now. That's why I moisturize. Very important. <laughs> Got to take care of your skin. That's our SNS tip of the day. Moisturize. And this episode's brought to you by. No, just kidding. <laughs> Although, if you guys are out there and want to, uh, like, I'm trying to think what I use. We'll give Every Man Jack is my go-to brand. If you guys want to sponsor SNS at any point in time, just uh, give us a shout. That'd be a good one. They got a lot of good stuff. They got the Marvel collabs. I had I the love uh, that stuff. The Black Panther. Uh, it was like called Wakandan Herbs or something. It was very good. That's news to me. Yeah. They have that? Yeah, they have an Iron Man one. They have Damn. a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I use their... I don't um, know if they still do, but... I use the shower gel, the moisturizer, the aftershave, although I haven't shaved in quite a while. Yeah, they have the... Uh, the I beard like, the beard oil? Yeah. Well, the I'm talking like the, the smells, the scents that I like. Uh, they have like the vanilla bourbon, that kind of stuff. Good God. Uh, what I have right now is from... Bath and Body Works, and it's called Whiskey Reserve. Heyo. It's delicious. What was the stuff that Juicebox recommended? Dr. Squatch? Oh, right? no, I have that. Is that what it is? Yeah, pine tar and wood barrel bourbon. Solid? <laughs> Shaley a fan? I have a, I have a backlog from where I've just collected it from a subscription. Whoa. So I can bring you a stick. I'm here for it. It's medium grit, too. It's exfoliating stuff. I like that. Yeah. The older I, I get, the more I like that exfoliating grit. Yeah, I, I have pine tar, too, so you just smell like a pine tree. It's a little much. But it's better than you think. I'm here for it. But I'll tell you what, when I used to get those subscription boxes, I used to open the box, and it would just smell like heaven. Like, that's what I imagined heaven smelled like. Like a subscription from Dr. Squatch? Yeah. They just sent you all kinds of products? Th- every three months, yeah. Wow. I got... I think, I think I need that. I got two deodorants, um, two shampoos, two conditioners, and five bars of soap every three months for like a hundred bucks. See, I'm an Old Spice guy when it comes to deodorant. Yeah, I like the uh, endurance gel I've, stick. I've, I've come to the Dove spray. I'm not a spray guy. I'm a spray guy. I started a spray guy. Not a fan. I go gel stick all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that moist feeling that the gel gives you. I mean, put a shirt on. Yeah, but still, my shirt doesn't suck into my armpits. 
No, but you're not going to notice the moistness. I notice. At least I don't. I'm used to it now. Whatever. Yeah, you're used to it now. But we got a show to do, I think. What hell of an intro here. How about uh, the old off-the-cuff WWE shit talk talk? But on that note, pull up a chair, pour up that drink, and you better light that cigar. Because it's time for episode 19 of Sports and Stogies. Cam Diggity. Well... Obviously, you know what's on my mind right now. Um, wrestlers and soap. <laughs> Pretty much. Hell of a so, combo. Let's tone in. Start with me. I'm smoking the Brickhouse Connecticut by J.C. Newman Cigar Company. Churchill size. I think it's, what, a 6 by 60 probably? Um, that one should be a 6. Yeah, maybe 62. Yeah. But definitely 60 plus. It's got Nicaraguan filler. It's a Nicaraguan cigar. Uh... The binder is USA, Connecticut, Broadleaf, and the wrapper is obviously in Connecticut. Uh, very good. Not a super expensive stick. Uh, no, the brick houses are under 10 bucks. Yeah. Uh, mellow, mild, and um, nutty, what I'm getting so far. Good nutty creaminess. Yeah, for the quality you get for those, for that price, um, it's pretty tough to beat. J.C. Newman as a whole, I'm a huge fan of. I know the Mafia, it's maybe their favorite brand. I see those posted a lot. Seems like it. Yeah, the Mighty Money Maduro, all the brick houses. I'm looking for the American. Haven't been able to find one yet. I know uh, Cigaro does a Bricktober event, or they did. I remember seeing that, yeah. Um, the Julius Caesar by them is one of my favorites. The Black Diamond, Diamond Crown. Um, which, on that note, I did stop by Tip Top today and got a hell of a haul. Um, including a full-size Julius Caesar. Um, a couple gifts for our buddy Mike, whose birthday is on the 12th, I believe, coming up. I got him one of the Rocky Pat DBSs I had the other day, which was phenomenal. Um, I want to buy another one for me, actually, and probably for you, too. And then the Foundation Senager, which is the Egyptian box that you, I think we shared on the page. Yeah. Um, great presentation. Almost smoked it tonight on the show. I had it in my hand. And I said, hey, get your dirty <laughs> fucking paws off that. That's for me there, pal. Oh, man. Yeah, but that box is... Gorgeous. My Probably the favorite cigar box I've ever seen. Um, yeah, Foundation's a great brand. Actually, I'm smoking that tonight, which we'll get to here in a minute. Um, I grabbed a Rocky Pat The Edge, which Colin recommended. This show is going to release on Mike's birthday, right? Thursday? Is that the 12th? Yeah. Hey, happy birthday, Mike, man. Happy birthday, Mike Zimmer. The big 2-4. Two, 2-4. Four. Two, God, four. I've known Mike since, I think, fifth grade. Yeah, back then I was a nerd. He was a nerd with a bowl cut. And uh, we bonded right away. Now there's just no bowl cuts involved. I was best man in his wedding. And I think we locked in a date to go down to Lexington to see him in March. I know that uh, Mike's a Lego connoisseur. Among other things. So am I. Again, the single biggest cigar connoisseur that I know. I mean, even me, who's been smoking longer than him, I've learned things from him daily, probably. Um, but I also grabbed an LFD Chapter 1, which you smoked last week, and I still think you messed it up. It totally unraveled. I, mine was even wrapped differently than the one you had. It's possible. I find it hard to believe that LFD would ship out a stick that didn't pass the quality check. But hey, things do happen. It happens. Things happen. Nothing but, against them. It could have been not. my fault, but I'm telling you, it doesn't look the same as yours. You never know. Um, but tonight, I've got the Tabernacle 
This is the Havana Seed Connecticut, again, by Foundation. It's the Double Corona, which is a 7-inch by 54 ring gauge. A Mexican San Andres binder. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Got to put that, that, that flavor on there. A little flavor. And the Honduran Gemostrin and Nicaraguan Esteli filler. <laughs> you know what that sounds like? What's that? We season our food kind of talk. Look, we may be white, <laughs> but we're familiar with the spice cabinet. Okay? No salt and pepper here, baby. Well, salt and pepper for sure. But not just salt and pepper. Yeah, unless it's a fine cut of meat. But speaking of pepper, a little bit of pepper here on this. Um, it's perfectly made. Gorgeous wrapper. Great draw so far. As I take a puff out of it. Um, beautiful thick white ash. Great smoke production. And uh, flavor-wise, yeah, a little bit of pepper. Some earthiness. Slight citrus notes so far. And the typical like dark chocolate. Uh, maybe some kind of like oak finish. Complex, a lot of things I can't quite identify, but incredible so far. And we're pairing that with one of my whiskey white whales. I've been looking for this bottle for over a year now. It's the Aberlauer Abunad. Single malt scotch. Which, as much as I love bourbon, you know quite well, I love single malt scotch even more. The standard 10 years fantastic. Goes for about 50, 60 bucks. It's only 90 proof. This is original cast strength, 120.18 proof. That is absurd. I've yet to have a taste yet. But I'm you're waiting ready for to. it on the show. Take that sip. Not yet. No, we got some take info that to sip. go. We got some info to go over. Okay. It's finished in Spanish Oloroso sherry casks, so Spanish wine casks. Um, there's no age statement, but given the proofage, it's probably a little bit younger than the 10-year, of course. Um, it looks incredible, like a deep, rich amber color, just gorgeous. Of course, it's non-chill filtered, no color added. Um, before I take my first sip, what do you think so far? I don't want to spoil it. You saw my facial expressions. Look promising. Get in there. Here he goes. Here we go, live. Give, give me play-by-play. Play. I got you. Mouth goes, oh, Sniff. Gives an open mouth smell because that's the proper way to smell liquor or alcohol in general. The nose is fucking fantastic. And he's going for another sniff. Going for the first swig. Swigs down. Nice swish around the mouth. Both cheeks. Both lips. Tongue out. And you can hear the smacking of the lips, fans. Better than you imagined. Wow. Everything I expected and then some. It's rare to find a high-proof scotch like this. Just because generally they're older. And as they age, of course, the alcohol content goes down. As it oxidizes and whatnot. Um, it does have some punch. The 120's there, but not really like in a Bernie kind of way. Not as you would expect, no. Great mouthfeel. It's oily. It's thick. Very viscous. And then flavor-wise, wow. Sherry bomb for sure. Um, the notes on the box say full of black cherries, which I definitely got that. And then ginger and dark chocolate. First sip, I would agree. It's like a dark fruit dipped in dark chocolate. This was, I paid 90 bucks for it. 
at our Springfield store, which is actually solid pricing. Um, thankfully, the Scotch market is not quite as popular, I guess, as the bourbon boom is. So it was here last week. Actually, hell, it was during Christmas. And I thought, man, really want that, but it's the holidays. I'll wait a little bit. Maybe it's, it'll still be there. Went in today before recording. Bottle was still there. The only bottle they had. Ooh. Had to buy it. Because we'll touch on later. I came into some extra money here this past week. <laughs> so uh, treat yourself, as they say. So, yeah, we're, uh, again, as always, we only take the best of the best here in terms of liquor and sticks. But we got sports, too. Cam, start us off. Got some fan cues. One brought to you by a good buddy, Brandon Martell, otherwise known as the Turd Burglar. The one and only TB. What are Who are our least favorite and favorite athletes? So we came up with the list of five for favorites and three for least favorites with some honorable mentions. Yeah, that's what I got. <clears throat> Let's start positive. Five Let's to one. Let's start from five to one. Yep. Yep, yep. I, don't, I probably know a couple of yours, but you might have some uh, surprises in there. There's some surprises for sure. Um, number five. five for me, definitely a shock for you at least. You know Bob Burnquist? No. Skateboarder. Whoa. Yeah. I grew up loving the X Games, loving skating. Yeah. Um, and he was a guy that's always like super positive. He's like a dad. He was like the Over old Tony guy. Tony Hawk, though? Yeah. Tony Hawk was slightly before my time. Okay. Um, but Big Bob, man. He was a big air guy. Oh, yeah. He was the first ever to pull off the faking 900. And he competed every year. I think he retired at like 45. And I think he walked off winning gold in big air. That's impressive. Um, I, I still love the X Games. I still love that whole culture. I love skater music, skater fashion. Oh, Unfortunately, yeah. I never actually skated myself. But Big Bob, and I just shout out the whole X Games altogether. Um, big influence and uh, a thing I really loved watching growing up. Bob Burnquist, number five. What kid doesn't love the X Games? Exactly, right? Remember yeah, Travis, Travis Pastrana. <clears throat> remember him? R.I.P. Ken Block, which we didn't mention last week. Rally car driver and started his own team. Um, yeah, all these guys, man, made a big impact on a young, impressionable Austin Hayes growing up. We got a fan sent in bet win slip right here. Live uh, on air? Big Bobby Brewer hit the uh, the Jazz money line tonight with a $100 waiver wager winning 370 Congratulations, Big Bobby Brewer. Bobby! Well done, my friend. He's probably listening. Hopefully. My number Your five, number five. Joe Thomas. Hall of Famer. First ballot. 100%. And again, I grew up right with him in his career. So, you know, he was the one bright side I had as a Browns fan growing up. So, yeah. And a legend in the Muni lot? Is that right? Uh, absolutely. Did I get that right? Yeah, Muni lot. Yeah, still hosts uh, all the pregame tailgates. <sighs> he does. Not all of them, but some. Most of them? Yeah. But uh, honorable mention, though, kind of offbeat here, but DeMarcus Cousins. He was my... He was basically what I felt like was my closest thing to seeing Shaq play in his prime. Aside from all the technical fouls, he was that traditional 
nobody can guard me center. And I saw him live against LeBron James and the Cavs in 2016. Went to overtime, and he had a baller game that that game. But yeah, just one of those things, you know. Did he win a title at Kentucky? I believe so. Would that be 2012? I think he was drafted with John Wall. Yeah. I think. Either way, stack team. Yeah. And hell of a player. My number four may very well move up the list by the time his career is done. Luka Doncic. Knew it was coming. One of my honorable mentions for sure. Yeah, he came in kind of at the perfect time for me. I, I kind of, I don't want to say quit watching, but I kind of gave up some on the NBA. And uh, Luca came in with that whole young class with Aiden and Trey Young in that, that draft class. I just love the, the way the guy plays ball. You know, a true triple threat and a great defender when he wants to be. I think he's underrated there. I know last year I think he had the highest defensive rating among guards. I'm pretty sure. Which people probably wouldn't guess. Um, I wish the Mavs would build better around him, but individually, I I love watching Luca play basketball. And also picking for MVP. So yeah, there's that, that too. Pretty much speaks for itself. Uh, he's definitely one of my honorable mentions. My number four, Joshua Cribs. Ooh, Brownie's legend. Another one of the bright spots growing up a Browns fan. Um, great receiver, but man, his kick returns and punt returns were so fun to watch. Electric. <clears throat> number three. We got Zeke Elliott. Naturally. As a Buckeye fan, a Cowboy a fan. fan. yeah. I was stoked when he got drafted to Dallas, but as great as he was in the pros, and still is, his time as a Buckeye, winning that first national title, beating Alabama, beating Oregon. A uh, record for, he does he have the record for rushing yards in a game for the Buckeyes still? In a game? No, no, I think that was broken last year in the bowl game, or one of those games. I think Henderson broke that. Oh. We'll check that during break. Um, but either way, yeah, Zeke, I have the, uh, the newspaper from after they won the title. It's a picture of him running towards the end zone. I've got that framed here. I should put it here in studio. I was going to say, actually. we need to get that in here. Yeah, I've got a couple of things in my room that could definitely work for the studio. Um, but yeah, for him to have that great Buckeye career, win a title, and then go to Dallas and do what have he did. a solid career. Yeah. I mean, he's not what he was when he came in, but running backs are so short-lived anyway that... He's still playing at a quality level. Plus, how often do your favorite college players get drafted to your favorite NFL team? Doesn't happen. Pretty rare. Unless you're a Buckeye Bengal fan. In which case, it's pretty common. Yeah, that's fair. Love Zeke. Always will. My number three. Reggie Bush. Really? The first jersey I ever owned. Which is weird because you're not a USC fan. Or a Saints fan. Or a Saints fan. I don't know, man. Just that electric that you just couldn't yeah. resist. Uh, it was the first jersey ever, and I was probably like 10 or 9 when I got the jersey. Loved it. Loved him. Got me into football. So uh, That goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. the first player I, that kind of connects you to the game. I'm pretty sure he's one of the headliners for the College Football Hall of Fame this year. And he should definitely be in. He should have his Heisman back. He should be in the Hall of Fame. 
because it's not like he was the only guy getting perks at that time. No. But that's you know, a different discussion. Number two. It's fitting because this guy wore number two. Derek Jeter, the captain. How you got your nickname? Um, it's an homage yeah, that I would have hoped you I You were the second coming of Derek Jeter. I what lived happened? up to. I, I was known as the captain, El Capitan. Still go by that in certain circles. But yeah, Jeter, man. Of course, I grew up a Yankee fan and a Reds fan. I grew up a Yankees fan and a Cardinals fan. But even if you weren't a Yankee fan, Jeet was so easy to love, man. And Rodriguez. No, A-Rod was different because no. of the steroid thing. Yeah, he was always but, douchier, too. But Jeter yeah, was always cool, personable. So fun to watch. Having fun out there. Overall, he was an overrated defender, but he made... I mean, look up his highlight reel. Some of the most iconic plays of all time. Um, I remember watching his final game at Yankee Stadium when he had a walk-off single to right, and I definitely teared up. They were just so perfect. Yeah. Um, he had a home run for his 3,000th hit. I saw that live. Saw him in person a few times. Never in the Bronx, but in Baltimore, I think twice. In Cincy. Um, a guy that, especially as a young ball player, um, a guy you model your game after. The way you handle yourself as a ball player and the things that he did at the plate, in the field, in the dugout. Definitely a huge inspiration to me growing up. Understandable. Of course. Uh, my number two, Tiger Woods. Unexpected. Um, yeah, my dad's always been a Tiger Woods fan. Uh, so, you know, sitting around watching golf with him, having all the Tiger Woods hats. I'm not going to lie. Before I knew who Tiger Woods was, I thought my dad's hats were a personal brand. Because his name's Tony Winklewitz. So the seeing the TW, thought, I thought it was just my dad's hats. And I was like, dude, those are so cool. I can't wait to have hats when I'm older. What if they actually were your dad's hats? They weren't. Because I've bought him Tiger Woods hats since. <laughs> but, yeah, just another one of those things. Just grew up watching one of the best, if not the best, golfer of all time. Um, definitely top two. Him and Nicholas. I cannot get over how goddamn good this scotch is. Number one. Um, if you know me, you could probably guess. Ball player. Is it Griffey? No. Unfortunately, by the time I got to that age, Griffey was kind of past his prime. Yeah. Uh, but honorable mention for Oh, sure. Joey Votto. Yeah. JV19. Joseph Daniel Votto. The one Reds player that stuck around through it all. Like Joe Thomas. He was pretty much the one bright spot throughout his entire career. Um, of course, we won the division in 2010, 12, and I think 14. We had glimpses, <laughs> Was that never... With uh, Brandon Phillips also? Oh, yeah. Honorable mention there, too. Love that dude. Literally, that dude, BP. Yeah. Again, look up his highlight reel. Defensively, Crazy. maybe the best ever. Crazy. But JV, man, methodical, kind of weird, quiet. But the older he's gotten, the more, like... Eccentric. Exactly, yeah. And now he's on social media. He's hilarious. Yeah. A whole new respect for him now. If he wasn't your number one, if he was your number three before, now that he's got social media and he's making TikToks and stuff, he's definitely your number one. Yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer. His counting stats might be kind of low, but his his on-base percentage is, I think, top 10 all time. And for him to stick around in Cincy through all these years, and one of the few guys that clearly wants to win 
and is doing the work for that, even though ownership may not be. Yeah. Um, man, I, I spent so many nights growing up, and even now, watching watching the Reds in late September when they're 60 and 95. No reason to watch, but you tune in for JV. Yeah, that'll do it. Great hitter, great defender, and again, just uh, especially now, an all-around great dude. You're number one, I think, of course, I know. Dirk Nowitzki. Just got a statue in Dallas. Oh, man. I, uh, again, like you said about Derek Jeter, the, that's the guy I modeled my game off of. I was always a big guy. I was always a center. So I I mastered his post-fade. Even with One the, of the most iconic moves in all time? Even with the knee up and everything, I of got course. it all down. Did you, ha- did you have the hair, though? No, unfortunately not. Quite, not. not quite. Um. But yeah, maybe in his later years, I had the same hair. Could work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just I just love. I mean, what I think, in my opinion, is probably the most impressive championship I'll ever see was by Dirk. And growing up, my favorite player was LeBron. Obviously, I was a Cavs fan. But God, at some point, Dirk just ripped my heart right away from LeBron and was just like, "Hey, kid." This is what basketball is. Kind of the gateway for the current stretch four, stretch five kind of player. Oh, for sure. He's one of the first guys that uh, that size would shoot that yeah, much other and than, that effectively. Other than David Robinson, who didn't shoot that much, but still could stretch the floor. Yeah, Dirk was definitely one of the game changers in that aspect. Yeah, I, I remember watching that 2011 finals uh, when he was sick. I think game one or game two. And LeBron and Wade were doing the fake coughs in the hallway and everything. And then Dirk came out and just beat their asses. Whooped them. Totally agree. I think the single most impressive finals win of all time. And so, yeah, number one, the German race car, Dirk Nowitzki. Again, cool character, too. Funny guy. guy. Yeah. Goofy. He's, like, super invested in pickleball and plays. Is he really? Yeah. Pretty sure he plays professional pickleball. Imagine you're playing pickleball. And all of a sudden, Dirk Nowitzki comes out. <laughs> Hit you with a pickleball fade. What do you do? <laughs> you probably bow down and worship. Other than that, yeah, there's really that's the move, right? Also, maybe the greatest statue of all time. Oh, yeah. It's him in the fade. And uh, what's the quote they have on it? I just read it the other day. It's badass. I'll have to pull it up. I yeah, yeah, but either way, incredible statue. Um, and probably 15 years from now. Luke will be right next to him. I think my only other favorite statue, and just because I've seen it in person, is Rudy. Best documentary of all time. For sure. Hell of a question, TB. We could probably go on a whole show just about And we still that. got a whole other category to do. Yeah, least favorite athletes. Now, we took, at least I took some different approaches here. I, I thought about guys that, somewhat. of course, were on rival teams that I couldn't stand. Thought about guys on my own teams that just sucked or choked that I couldn't stand. But overall, I think I've got a solid three right here that I can overall say I'm not exactly a fan of. You're number three. Number three, I almost hate to even write down because overall, he's a great dude and I liked him as a player. But for one specific moment in 2012, Game 5, NLDS, Buster Posey hit a grand slam <laughs> to pretty much knock the Reds out of contention. 
I remember that vividly. I know exactly where I was when it happened. I heard it on the radio at Thomas Cloud Park during one of my sister's soccer games. And at the time, I was, what, 14? The, heart, the heartbreak lasts to this day. Now I know why you're not a soccer fan. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of tarnished that Flashbacks. whole idea. And again, overall, I, I like the guy, but man, that was <laughs> probably my single biggest sports heartbreak, period. Yeah. We were up 2-0. Come, we won two games in San Fran. Came home to Cincy. Lost three straight. Capped off by the Buster Posey Grand Slam in 2012. What a Shout out to my buddy Marcus, RIP. He was at that game, and he never neglected to tell me whenever he could <laughs> about seeing that story in person. Your number three least favorite athlete of all time. It's a little... It's a little... Uh... I have no idea what yours could be. Out of, out of left field. I might have one guess. Out of left field right here. Hit me. Kurt Angle. The American hero? I was not a fan. Gold medal winner in the Olympics with a broken collarbone, yeah, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I heard so many times. <laughs> <laughs> just as a WWE guy, that's it. Uh, he was just, I was not a fan. I was always a John Cena kid. Are you actually a Nazi? No. How do you hate <laughs> Kurt Angle? Just it's WWE character. I hated it. Okay, wow. Hot take. He broke my heart. Really? Yeah. How many times? So many. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's scripted, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Scripted does not mean fake. Damn it. Exactly. Didn't see that coming. Kurt Angle. Yeah. Wow. Okay. My number two, Conor McGregor. A guy a lot of people love to hate. And I love that I hate him. He's a great character. Great for the sport. Incredible fighter. But, man, I hate the guy. Especially now that he's past his prime. But Maybe. Ah. Dude's like freaking 250 pounds of pure testosterone and muscle. Yeah, he can't. he's not going to maintain that skill level in the octagon if he even comes back. I just hate that. Of course, he's a huge star. I hate that. If he came back right now, Dana would automatically give him a title shot. Undeserved. I don't think so. I think if he came back right now, it would be Michael Chandler. After Mike, Which, what it should, That's what it should be. After Michael Chandler's post, post-fight post interview of like the last fight he won, I think, where he was just like war-crying that he wanted to battle Conor McGregor again and that he would whoop his ass. No, that absolutely should be the fight that's made. Um, I just don't like... like I love that he trash talks because, again, it's great for the sport, but I hate... How disrespectful he was to Khabib in that whole buildup. And he's just a douche. The way he was shit-talking Poirier and his wife after he got beat. And he's saying, oh, your wife's in my DMs in the octagon. Come on, dude. Yeah. Again, great for the sport. Great character. But, man, I hate the guy. Understand. Connor, don't at me, bro. (laughs) Please. Please don't. We would hate to have you here in studio. Who the fuck is that guy? (laughs) And also, your whiskey sucks. <laughs> Proper 12, dog water. <laughs> I wouldn't give that to my dog. One, because you don't give your dog whiskey. But <laughs> if it was, I still wouldn't give it to my uh, dog. Oh, man. My number, number two, two, Ben Roethlisberger. Naturally, yeah. I mean, just a obviously a specimen at quarterback, one of the most talented guys that I've ever seen, but he just freaking whooped on us every year. My grandpa's a big Steelers fan, so that... So was mine. Just freaking made me mad. Still makes me mad every time I see him. But 
looks like the Browns are on the upswing as far as we at least split with them this year and beat them in the playoffs. That was probably the best thing that I've ever seen sports-related other than the 2016 Cavs championship. But knowing that, one, the sample size is tiny, but knowing that Ben Roethlisberger's never beat the Browns in a playoff game just makes me smile. little feather in your cap. Yeah. Even though the sample size is one. Had to be tough to watch him just like get hit three times, not go down, and throw a 60-yard bomb to Heinz Ward or Anyone. Antonio Brown Anyone. or uh, San Antonio Heath Miller. Holmes. Vance Antoine, Randall L. Deontay Johnson. Just the list goes on. Chase Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster. Martavis Bryant. Anyone. Check downs to Najee Harris that he takes for 65-yard touchdowns. Not a fan. And also his character is questionable. Some would say. My number one. Again, if you know me, it's pretty obvious. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> For giving um, the Buckeyes their logo in a oh, playoff game. Okay, take it easy. Let's also break there a little 33 bit. Nothing? 31 nothing. 31 nothing. 31-0, oh, my bad. And after that, in um, would have been, what, 2019? Which was a great game against Justin Fields, and he broke off a, I think, 57-yard scramble for the touchdown. Thought we had it at the end, but Fields threw a pick in the end zone. I hate him. I hate his hair. I hate his face. I hate his long, gangly body. I like that the Jags are succeeding. I don't hate him as an NFL quarterback. Just that college career. I can never forget or forgive the ass-kicking he put on the Buckeyes. Even, like, I thought to think of, like, Michigan players. Which, of course, I hate the whole team. But, really, there wasn't one guy that stood out more so than Trevor Lawrence did. Yeah. Completely understandable. My number one least favorite, Johnny Football. Johnny Manziel. Just, God, what a waste of a draft pick. A guy on your own team. We could have used that draft pick for anyone else, and they would have turned out way better. But, yeah, not not a fan. Same thing there. Like, potential, huge potential, never met it. And the off-the-field stuff, too, his character, his behavior. Very disappointing. Yeah. Especially in a time where the Browns had zero quarterback success. Uh, Yeah. And really haven't had it since then, besides maybe a few seasons of Baker at his highest peak. Very true. Johnny Football is supposed to be the savior. Never came through. Now I... I think we jump right into NFL news. Um, I think we have another fan question. Actually, a couple more. Care about time? Come on, now we got, uh, we got all day. I, we do, but we got I don't no sleepers know. to do anymore. We're not. We'll hit an hour and a half if that. Uh, In the NBA, is it now lot. easier to score, or are players now just more talented? Um, this coming off the new, not the news, but of course, guys dropping forty every night. I think I read. There are more 40-point games already this year than the entirety of going back to like 2013 to now. And then what? There's tw- 44 players averaging 20 points a game or something like that? Oh, that's that. what it was. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. Thanks for the, for the correction there. Yeah, there are currently 44 players averaging 20-plus compared to nine 
in 2012, 2013, 10 years ago. So easier to score now or a guy's more talented or both? I think guys are definitely more talented. Um, I think you could take... <clears throat> I Yeah, I think guys are definitely more talented as far as being able to score from anywhere on the court um, at any position. But I will say... Defense isn't what it used to be either. I think everyone knows that. Based on the skill and also the rules. Yeah, the offense so you're not allowed sure. to just go out there and punch people in the face anymore. Unless you're Draymond Green and uh, Warriors practice. That's fair. Or Jordan Clarkson, who tried to punch the... God, who was that? Uh, who did he square up to? Oh, Big um, dude. No, it wasn't John Collins. Um, either way, JC was trying to swing. Uh, which is the... Th- I, there's... Three iconic pictures of the exact same square up. One was from his rookie year. One was from, I think, three years, two, three years later. And then the other one was from the other night. Fiery guy. Yeah. That's kind of what the NBA needs, though. I'm here for it. I love it. I want to see Malice at the Palace Part 2. I don't want the fans involved. I do. (laughs) Go full WWE. As long as it ain't Kurt Angle. (laughs) <laughs> that still shocks me. American <laughs> hero Kurt Angle. I was most, not a fan. Or I want to say most hated. Uh, at least like probably list. stems because it was my brother's favorite wrestler. Ah, uh, there's always some so some uh, fraternal blood there. Yeah, that was that probably didn't help it at all. But as far as this fan question goes, I I don't I I don't think it's necessarily easier, but it's not harder. But I also think that the talent pool is light years higher than it's ever been. And it's like, like again, like the game shifted towards more offensive based. If you look at team scoring, it's probably skyrocketed since 2012, 2013. You had games that were, you know, 88 to 90. Don't see that much anymore. Most teams break 100 pretty much every night. Um, last fan cue. Kind of a spicy one. Who has your vote for coach of the year in the NFL? There's an easy five, six guys that definitely deserve it, but my, only one can win. In my opinion, it's between Sirianni and Dayball. They won. Dayball probably has one of the worst rosters in the NFL. According to the PFF, the Giants have the fourth worst roster in the league. Yeah. And they won a wild card. Exactly. And could potentially win in the playoffs. And Sirianni leading a team that was probably the fastest rebuild ever to the number one seed by week. Chance they go back to the Super Bowl. It's pretty crazy. I mean, they wasn't in what, 2016? Was uh, their I want to say Bowl? 27. Well, I guess, yeah, the 16 season. 16, 17 yeah, season. Yeah. And what were, that was what, seven years ago? God, is that that's so crazy? And Time flies, dude. Already on their way back with a new head coach, new starting quarterback. Um, they've been through, I think, three starting quarterbacks and three coaches since that Super Bowl. Since then, yeah, they fired Peterson, and then had uh, it wasn't Chip Kelly. He was before Peterson. Either way, yeah, props to Sirianni. He's done a lot with 
a solid roster. I lean more towards the guys that have done more with less, like Dayball, like Dan Campbell. I love it. Who who doesn't love Dan Campbell? Yeah, that's personality wise for sure. Him I would run McDaniels through a wall for there. that guy. Yeah, yeah. If Tua hadn't gotten hurt, I think McDaniel would definitely be in the conversation. Um, but in the same vein as Sirianni, I think you got to give love to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. For again, a great roster, but three three quarterbacks, quarterbacks this year. One of which is a Mr. Irrelevant rookie who's five and zero currently. Um, probably the best <clears throat> in-game coach in the league. Definitely offensively, at least. Oh, for sure. Um, but I think you got to mention Doug Peterson to turn Jacksonville from back-to-back 14 lost seasons to winning their division. Pretty impressive. And again, not yeah. a great roster there. Well, the we we knew that Doug Peterson was a good coach. Of though. course, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know why he got fired in Philly. Yeah, after I'm winning a sure. title. I think it was because he was pushing for Hertz, and ownership wanted to go for Wentz. Which, of course, Dougie was uh, was right on that one in the long term. Yeah, big time. Um, See, so yeah, I don't know the odds are. I haven't looked them up. But there's definitely four or five guys that can definitely make a claim to Coach of the Year. For sure. Moving right along. A lot of NFL news to cover. Start us off. Aaron Rodgers. Question mark? Yeah, that's a question. You guys all saw what happened after the Sunday night game. <clears throat> Said that there's some jerseys you just want to hang on to. And then he also followed that up with give to somebody that he cares about a lot. So I'm assuming Randall Cobb, if he's on his way out or something like that. But, I mean, by all means, it sounded like he is unsure of his future in Green Bay. I mean, Which seems like the every year statement. Definitely the worst year of his career. And... It's tough to put all the blame on him. His receiving core, of course, wasn't great. A lot of rookies and a lot of old veterans. I know Lazard's done in Green Bay. That's official. Cobb's probably retiring. Uh, Watson and Dobbs progressed throughout the year, so you got weapons still there. But yeah, walking off with Cobb in the tunnel, it definitely looked like a final walk-off, at least in Green Bay. Whether or not he retires or goes somewhere else, Still up in the air. Knowing him, it'll probably be dragged out until preseason. For sure. He's still got one year on his deal, I think, for like 50 mil. He's something like that, yeah. Um, but definitely had the looks of a guy that was ready to hang it up. And probably has a career in media after that. 100%. He's definitely, on, he's on McAfee every week. I was going to say, definitely, fa- definitely going to stick around on the McAfee cast. Maybe we can see him in college ball. Get some more younger guys in there. Because I'll tell you what, McAfee, RG3, and uh, uh, who was the other one at the TCU-Michigan game? They were uh, the on-field announcers. But that was great. Uh, It made a tough-to-watch game worth watching or at least listening to. Uh, TCU-Michigan. Oh, my mistake. Yeah, yeah. Great game. Yeah, and then like in the middle of it, RG3 is like, Hey, guys, I got to go. My wife's in labor. RG3, incredible <laughs> analyst. I love him. He's hilarious. He is so funny. Um, what does that mean for Jordan Love? I know he requested a trade earlier this year, saying if they didn't move on from Rodgers, he wanted to be gone. Does he stick around now? Do they stick with him? I think they stick. Ar- he sticks around until they find out what Rodgers is doing for sure. 
Um, so, yeah, with that, of course, that was a win and end game. They lost. Detroit had nothing to play for because Seattle won, which Baker Mayfield, absolute choke job. A decent throw there at the end would have had an absolute touchdown, which would have sent the Lions with their win to the playoffs. But we'll touch on that again coming up. Um, Lions went out, though, big time. Beat Green Bay on their own turf. In a, you know, again, a win and end scenario. Um, Lions definitely make the playoffs next year. And dare I say, win the division. Oh, I don't know. Vikings regress. Guarantee it. They've been so lucky all year. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Dan Campbell. That's all you need. Justin Jefferson's kind of all you need. Um, Cliff Kingsbury and Levy Smith, both fired. Not shocked. Um, Levy Smith, no, we knew that was coming. I didn't think it happened that night. Yeah, but I think was... ownership was upset because the Texans won that game. Um, they were down. So. They were down a score on fourth and twenty, converted and scored. And then Levy Smith said, "Hey, I'm getting fired anyway. We're going for two. We want the dub." They beat the Coles and lost the number one pick. So again, like four hours later, officially fired. Bad season. Best coach walk off ever. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And maybe best quarterback walk off. I don't think Davis knows that their guy going forward. But to go beat the Colts, and they finished the year strong. OT yeah. in Dallas and KC, and beat a division rival who they tied with to start the year, and then beat at the end. But Cliff, a little more shocking. I don't know. They just extended him, I think, this year. Yeah. Now, of course, he hasn't been good. The Cardinals haven't been good. He's actually failed every step of the way, but kept getting promoted. He's probably a coordinator. Maybe goes back to college. But if you're a head coach out there, let's say you're you're Jimmy Harbaugh. You've got Denver, Carolina, Indy. Is Arizona a more attractive landing spot? I think it's up there. They got talent. <clears throat> Have talent. Tough division, though. Yeah. And a quarterback I'm personally not very high on. But Coming off an ACL surgery. A good coach can go a long way. Joe Woods, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. God, well, it's not my problem anymore. He's available. Fired. About time, right? Goodbye. Have fun. Wish you the best. Glad you're not our defensive coordinator anymore. Um, saw it coming. Uh, players starting to give up. You saw Javion Clowney's comments. Yeah, that was kind of weird, too. Um, hopefully, they can be rejuvenated and revitalized and be that good Cleveland Browns defense that I'm used to the last couple of years. Um, but I'm glad we parted ways with old Joe. I mean, you've said it all year. The talent's there. All the pieces are there, even with a couple injuries you guys had. Just coaching, scheming. When you lose the locker room, you lose the locker room. It's that simple. Yeah. Uh, next up, Bernie Kozar fired from the Browns pregame radio yeah, show. Yeah, you told me that story, kind of out of the blue. Gambling. Um, I guess I wasn't aware that that policy extended to media personnel. Media personnel, because he has no, um, no influence on like the staff or like personnel decisions. He's just what the pregame guy. Yeah, he's a pregame radio guy. 
So those guys can't gamble? I guess not. What a weird thing. I mean, the NFL policy, I guess I <clears throat> wasn't aware that it extended that much. Um, would you care if he bet against the Browns? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's a Browns legend. Ohio legend. It's yeah. a bad look to fire him. I guess they have to if it's actually NFL policy. Yeah, but, but still, you got to try legal and make now. it work, right? Come on. Same night firing as the game. Yeah, same thing. Uh, it's weird to see, like, same day you get the boot. Very odd. Um, he'll, he'll be all right, though. Uh, we've got Pittsburgh, of course, beat the Browns and preserves Mike Tomlin's winning season streak. It's going to be tough to keep that going. Given what they have and the division they're in. But yeah. Pickett picked it up. Look solid. Look good by the end of the year, so maybe he is their guy going forward. I know it's not Mason Rudolph. Well, I mean, he's definitely their guy going forward. Got it. Right? At least the next couple of years till his rookie deal's up, then they'll reevaluate, obviously. But if he can play like he did after their bye week, I don't necessarily hate it. Again, yeah, after that bye week, Pittsburgh was what, Six and two, seven and one, something like that. Solid. Uh, We mentioned the Seahawks Rams game. Very odd penalties there at the end. The refs kind of screwing over the Lions in a game they didn't even play in. Um, Geno scrambled, ran half out of bounds, ran into Jalen Ramsey, took a hit, and they flagged him for fifteen for unnecessary roughness, which is my least favorite penalty of all time. Uh, but anyway, it screwed the Lions over. But again, they're next year they'll they'll be there. Um, a couple quick stats though: the 49ers opponents the week after playing San Fran went 0 and 15. That's absurd. The first time that's ever happened. That that's absurd. Goes to show that uh, you play San Fran, you get beat up, and uh, have a little little tougher time come your next game. The Bears got the first overall pick of the draft. What do you think they do with that? I think personally they trade out of it. Probably, unless they want to take a wideout, because I know it's projected right now that there is a wideout as the number one guy. Really? Can't remember off the top of my head who it is, and I have a different stat pulled up. The last time the Bears had a number one overall pick in the draft, 1947. That was a ways back. They selected halfback Bob Fenimore. Oh, legend. Big Bob. Big Bob Finn. They don't go quarterback, of course. I think they locked in fields. Maybe a lineman, either offensive or defensive. But I still think they'd trade out of it. Way too early draft uh, mock drafts have the Chicago Bears selecting Will Anderson, edge from Alabama. Yeah, they need definitely help on that D-line. It also has the Colts selecting C.J. Stroud. Assuming they don't sign Derek Carr. Yes. Which I still think is what's going to go down. Um, If you're in that one or two spot, do you go Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? I don't know. I really don't know. I think with how Stroud looked in his last game, Ended very, very high. And he showed that he has that mobility and he's smart with it, which we haven't seen 
at all in his college career. At all. Maybe his stock shot through the roof. I know he's projected top five. But it does have the Texans selecting Bryce Young, which either either or if the Texans keep that pick, they're going quarterback. Without a doubt. Yeah, do you think it mattered that they went from one to two? They're still probably going to get their guy. Yeah. Regardless, because, again, Chicago's not going quarterback. Yeah. At least I would be shocked Which if they did. kind of makes the Lovey firing even weirder. Well, even if they hadn't won that game, that they knew stance. Lovey wasn't their long-term coach. Yeah, that's fair. But, again, for, for him to do what he did with probably the worst roster in the league, he still competed, won a few games. But, yeah, they, they knew when they hired him he wasn't the guy. Um, Speaking of things that haven't happened since the 40s, the punting record. Titans, Stonehouse, undrafted rookie, sets the new record of 53.1 yards per average. Correct. Yeah. And what better guy than Stonehouse? Yeah, what a name. He's going to boot that ball. You already know. Yeah. The only thing I wish, again, one of my favorite Browns players for no reasons, Jamie Gillen, but it's just because of his nickname. Was he the Scottish Hammer? The Scottish Hammer. Oh. <laughs> All-time great. Uh, Giants have him now, by the way. Do they? Yeah. Well, he's no, uh, I think, Ryan Stonehouse. No. Either way, a record held since 1940. Broken, what, 82 uh, years later? Records that probably go back a long time. Uh, Deontay Johnson, the, I think, most inefficient wide receiver season ever. In terms of touchdowns, yeah. Uh, Ended the season with zero touchdowns. On, what, 120 targets? Yeah, and like 88 or 86 catches. That's almost impossible. That's a lot of catches to not get in the end zone. Which means next year he'll have like 18. Well, right now his, his high is 8, which was last year. With Steep decline. Washed up Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, no Managed kidding. to throw more touchdowns to Deontay Johnson than Kenny Pickett and Trubisky. Oof. Um, the Cardinals... Planning to trade DeAndre Hopkins. Do you like that move for them? You've probably, got Hollywood Brown. They probably get draft stock out of it. Yeah. So, yes, I like it. But, I mean, it's safe to say you can move on from D-Hop. He's been injury-ridden the last he's, couple he's years. He's, 30 now? He's Yeah, he's getting older. Um, I don't really know what team would trade for It depends on their asking price. And I think think he's got a pretty heavy contract uh correct that's why they want to move him yeah so yeah i don't know i don't i don't know maybe he goes to the new york football giants that was my thought you know a team that doesn't have a true number one which i think d hop still can be especially with that coaching staff would utilize him you know properly um but yeah we'll keep you guys posted on that if that actually ends up happening um, but, of course, now the playoff field is set. We rank these teams. We've got power rankings, AFC and NFC both. Starting Start from, what, seven up? Yep, AFC. Miami. These are the uh, sports and stogies consensus playoff rankings. AFC, number seven, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Even with Tua, still yeah. seven. Tough matchup in Buffalo. Definitely agree. They could win. Anything could happen, but I just don't see it. Going down that way, especially if Skyler Thompson's the one starting under center. 
Yeah. Bale's got a lot to play for right now. Even without the DeMar Hamlin injury, who, by the way, progressing wonderfully. I know he got released from the hospital. He's back yeah, he's in Buffalo. back in Buffalo. So great to see that. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see Miami on either side of the ball getting it done in Buffalo or past that. No, not really. Number, Number six. six. We got the Baltimore Ravens. Even with Lamar, it depends. I mean, his playoff stats aren't the best. Not great. But... It's contract year. Only thing is, it's tough to beat a team back-to-back games. Very true. Since he just beat Baltimore, and now they're going to be hosting Baltimore in the first round. But I do think the Bengals are playing out of this world. I don't see, barring you know four turnovers from Joey B, I don't see Baltimore pulling this one off. Number five, got the Jags. Jags all day. I don't want to see any other matchup. They're hosting the Chargers, which I do think the Chargers win, especially now that they're getting healthy again. Rashawn Slater should be back. Pretty sure Mike Williams' injury wasn't significant. Yeah, he should play. Bosa should play. And then the offense is on all cylinders. Again, going forward, I like the Jags a lot, but just not quite yet this year. I think they lose at home to the Chargers, who, of course, are the number four spot. Which takes us to the number three, since we kind of already touched on the Chargers there. Yeah. Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen's got to do it. If Von Miller was playing and healthy, would they be number one? I don't think so. I think they'd still be in the three. Yeah, they they need Allen to be Superman. Defense is beat up. I don't see how they top Cincy or KC. Honestly, I'd probably even take the Chargers over them head-to-head. Yeah. I mean, I could see it for sure. Um, but Buffalo's known, and Josh Allen's known to pull out miracles. That's so. a fact. <clears throat> Number two, your Cincinnati Bengals. Could make a cage for the one. Very well could. But I believe I one, called that, by the way. Kansas City Chiefs. Same story. Um, I know the other AFC West team spent $595 million in the offseason just to go 0-6 against the Chiefs. Sounds about right. Same old Chiefs. We wrote them off. But Juju, MVS, Clyde, Sky Moore. He didn't really do a whole lot. Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco's looked great. But Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes said otherwise. The MVP. And defensively, playing probably above their grade. Agreed. NFC. Probably less. I think the gap in the AFC is a lot tighter than the gap in the NFC from 1 to 7. Um, we're starting off with, of course, the... I can't say of course. Who would have thought? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With that being said, I would by no means be shocked if they beat Dallas at I home. I wouldn't either. Playoff Brady... We've seen it time and time again. Not to mention, he's never lost to Dallas. 7-0 all time. Oh, man. Dallas had a terrible game against Washington to close the year out. And against the Buccaneers at the beginning of the year. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, On paper, we should win for sure. But I think when you look at the roster and what they've done all year, the Bucs just aren't quite the Bucs that we thought they would be. 
Number six. The Seattle Seahawks, led by Geno Smith, nonetheless. And Kenny Walker back healthy, looking great. Potential Marsh. rookie of the year. Baby Marshawn. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Beast Mode Jr. Yeah. And again, defensively, overachieved. Let's give some love to Pete Carroll. He deserves it. Before the year, we thought, oh, well, Pete only won because of Russ. And that narrative changed drastically as the year went on. It's looking like Russ only won because of Pete. Ah, one could say. Uh, Geno Smith takes the single-season passing yard record from Russ. Yep. Uh, Russ still holds, I believe, the two, three, and four spot. But if Geno Smith's their guy, maybe um, pushes Russ out of the top five. Look, you got Lockett, Metcalf, you got weapons. Seahawks probably don't make a run because they got San Fran first round. But you know what? We've seen crazier things happen. Very true. Like the Giants of old with Eli getting in on a wild card, going on a run. Speaking of the Giants, number five, your New York football Giants. By all means, should not be here. No. Given their roster and their talent. But Dayball, Danny Dimes, that defense is solid. Kayvon Thibodeau looking like a what he should have been to start the year. Yeah. Came back fierce. And of all the teams to be the underdog, I could see them winning the most. They'll be in Minnesota, who Minnesota beat them on a 61-yard walk-off field goal no more than, what, three weeks ago? Give or take. I could see the but Giants pulling this one off. After Justin Jefferson just had two rough weeks, uh, he's ready to come back. He's due for a 200-yarder. Make a statement. Number four. Minnesota. If they had any kind of defense, they would be number one. Number one. And who knows? Playoff time, things could change. Maybe their defense comes alive and steps up. I don't think they will, but they can drop 40 on anybody. Very true. Except All depends Bay. on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Thuggins. Number three. Your Dallas Cowboys. On paper, should be one. I just don't trust them to actually uh, execute. Okay, let's slow down. On paper, could be one. Not sure. That, that's be. fair. That's fair. Could be. Potential's there on both sides of the ball. But again, I don't trust McCarthy. I don't trust the play calling. I don't trust the Cowboy history. Do you trust Dak? Has he regained your trust? Oh, man. I tell you what. He leads the, he's tied with Mills for the most interceptions in the league. And he missed, what, five games? Yeah. I don't know, man. They, they haven't all been his fault. But if I'm down four points in Tampa, two minutes to go, do I believe in Dak Prescott? Honestly, I can't say that I do. Oh, man. <clears throat> and of all the matchups to get, we got to go to Brady in Tampa. Yeah, that's Fade me now. Tough. Another first-round exit. Hopefully, if that does happen, McCarthy gets fired. Yeah. But, damn it, I believe in my boys. We're going all the way. Okay. Got to be positive, man. Number two, Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, rough last week. I don't think it mattered, though. Coming back off that injury, you could tell. We'll see how they scheme. Probably scheme better. Who do they have? Um, they'll be playing the Seahawks. They have the box. Oh, yeah, they're the one seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're the one seed. So, that's good. Give him some time to warm back up. They'll have the winner the of Tampa and Dallas. Ooh, I like that a lot, actually. For them? 
for just that matchup as a whole. Yeah, I think they probably beat Tampa. Of course, you know, we split with them. Man. Dallas, Philly, in Philly. Again. No Cooper Rush this time. Oh, good God. I think it's probably going to come down to coaching. Maybe McCarthy puts Cooper Rush in for that game for a little vengeance tour. Could you imagine? What if Dak gets hurt, comes out, Cooper Rush goes in, wins a playoff game in Philly to advance to the NFC title game? Wow. Wow. Gets smoked by 62. But there's one team in their way, most likely. It's our number one pick in the NFC. San Fran. Undefeated Brock Purdy. 5-0. and oh, man. If he goes and wins a title and starts his career 9-0 and oh with a ring, is that the greatest start to a career of all time? Uh, 100% will be because no rookie quarterback has ever started and won an, a c- conference, conference championship game or obviously a Super Bowl. Uh, there's been, th- I think, three quarterbacks who have been to conference championship games as a rookie. And All in the AFC. Big Ben, I think Joe Flacco, and Mark Sanchez. Marky Mark Sanchez. Brock Purdy could be the fourth and maybe the first to ever win one of those games. Um, yeah, I think the path to the Super Bowl goes through San Fran. I agree. Best defense for sure, and with what Shanahan has done with Purdy – all the weapons they have, I don't see who beats them. Minnesota doesn't. I don't think Dallas does. I don't know. Philly's their best matchup. But even then, I'm going to take Niners on the road in Philly. Um, Any Super Bowl predictions? With the teams we have laid out, I'm going to say Niners out of the NFC. Oh, man. AFC... Probably Kansas City. Now, I haven't thought about this until right now. I'm going Niners, Bengals, with the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. <sighs> no team has ever lost the Super Bowl and then, I think, gone back and won the next year. But you know what? This year is all about breaking records. I believe so. in Joey B. I believe in that defense. You got probably the best trio of wideouts out there. The O-lines finally come together. And when you're Joey B and you light up a Cuban Cohiba after their last win, and he says, our championship window is as long as I'm playing. I'm not going to doubt that guy. You can't, right? You can't. Do you see uh, all the, the entire Georgia team was uh, smoking cigars after their giant championship win? Stetson Bennett lit up. On field. As he should. You're 35, dude. Burn one. I will say, there is potential for him to get drafted if he goes because Brandon Whedon was older when he got drafted. That's a fact. Old man Whedon. Brown's legend. No. Cowboy's legend. There you go. Temporarily. All right, with that, we're going to take our first and probably only break. I think we Um, can keep rolling. We got great chemistry flowing right now. We're going back-to-back shows and no break? I don't think we need a break. Talk to me about the NBA. Jalen Brunson, career-high 44. I think that was Monday night. Correct. Again, testament to everyone dropping, you know, 50 a night. Jalen Brunson of all people. 
and testament to him earning that contract. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Katie's out for a couple weeks, it looks like. Yeah, I saw they're going to reevaluate, I think, next week and figure out a timetable of how severe that injury is. It's his knee, right? Yes. Miami, new NBA record was made with 40 for 40 on free throws. That's absurd. I think Butler had 23. That's absurd that you make all 23. Yeah. I mean, that you take and he 23. Had a game winning and one? Uh, correct. Jimmy Buckets. <clears throat> uh, big news for, I know, a couple of our fans out there and me personally, because I've been waiting to see this guy play ball since he got drafted, pretty much. Jonathan Isaac rehabbing in the G League. After, I think, two and a half years. Uh, yeah, he was 21 the last time he played. He's like 25. He was a, what, top five pick? Yes. I'll be honest, I don't know who he even plays for. Uh, The Magic. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So they got Bol Bol playing great. Bancaro. Bancaro playing great. Jonathan Isaac, you probably throw Bancaro at the three, Jonathan Isaac at the four. And or, Markel Fultz playing sneaky good, too. Or Isaac at the three. He's a, I think, 6'9". Could do it all kind of guy. Uh, great defender. Uh, his rookie year, he almost won DPOY. He would have if he didn't get hurt. He was having one of the best like defensive seasons ever, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see him back on the court. Maybe post-All-Star break? Hopefully. Give or take. Uh, Phoenix in shambles. They've lost 15 of their last 20. Is D-Book that important to that team? Has been. Clearly. Since he got drafted. Yeah. Kentucky. Kentucky strong. Chris Paul and Aiden not quite getting it done by themselves. Unfortunately not. They need that guy that can go out there and drop 40 every night. Uh, Team of the week. How's your team? Uh, Real quick. Steph is back. Oh, yep. Steph came back tonight, I believe. Yep. Let me pull up his stat line. Go ahead. I'll, uh, uh, well, I finished my cigar, so... Uh, refresh us on, firstly, what you had. I had the Brickhouse, Connecticut. From J.C. Newman. From J.C. Newman. And pretty good. Pr- kind of kept the same flavor profile all the way through. That creamy, nutty vanilla kind of stayed throughout, which I enjoy. Uh, love a good dessert cigar, as we've said six million times on the show. Probably every episode. Our motto should be, we love dessert cigars. Uh, that's a terrible one-liner. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll pin that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw that out the window. <laughs> maybe maybe somebody walking by can catch it and use it on their show, but not this not time. here at SNS. Yeah. No. Um, let's see. Golden State is currently down eleven with thirty two seconds left. Two Phoenix. Steph put up uh twenty four points on twenty two shots, eight of twenty two from the field, five Yikes. of fifteen from deep. Rough comeback for sure. I mean, first game back. Not but a big deal. He'll be all right. We'll see improvement for sure. Now are you ready to talk team of the week? Let's go team of the week. Who'd you have last week? I had the Warriors. Speak of the devil. Who, by all accounts, barring a miracle right now, went 0-3. <laughs> Even with all those home games. At home, lost to Detroit, Orlando, and now the Suns. Yikes. Should have been 2-1. I don't know how you don't beat Detroit and Orlando at home. I don't know. Even well, without Steph. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So all of a sudden, that home record... Trending towards the direction of their road record, which by 
all accounts. You know, it's not good, to say the least. Not ideal, some would say. How did your team do? Uh, Timberwolves went 2-0. and Beat the Rockets and the... I'm going to fucking pull that up for you, too. Uh, well, I could tell you, actually. Hang on. Flip back a page here. Beat the Rockets and the Clippers. There we go. New teams. I'm going with the Philadelphia 76ers. Got a five spot this week. I do, too. They beat Detroit tonight. Um, they're going to host OKC and then go three straight road games in Utah at the Lakers. And at the Clippers. Should be a 5-0. and uh, I wouldn't go that far because my luck has been not great. I think I'm 0-10 in my past three picks altogether. Give or take. So I'm due. Sixers, step up. I know tonight Harden put up like 16, 12, and 16 in like 23 minutes. He's been balling, man. Embiid's playing typical Embiid ball. They're, I think, fourth in the East right now at 25 and 15, or I guess 26 and 15 now. Um, so let's go with a big week for the Sixers. I got the Hawks in a five spot. Four away games. Whoa. One home game. They got at the Bucks, at the Pacers, at the Raptors, at the Mavericks, home at the Heat. That's a tough lineup. Tough lineup, but I think they can win three. That'll be a win. Three and two for the week. Um, I guess we got to talk about the college football playoff, uh, if you want to call it that. Well, the national championship looked like a Georgia versus a high school team. Yeah, it looked like a like a week two game between like Georgia and the Citadel. Sixty three to seven final, I believe. Largest margin of victory in any bowl game ever, let alone the national championship. Sixty five to seven. Oh man. Sixty five to seven. If you took the over on that, you're a happy guy. If you took Georgia minus 14, you're a happy guy. Very true. Yeah, man, that was that was tough to watch. Um, I think it was 31-7 to at halftime. TCU couldn't get anything going offensively, and they couldn't stop Georgia at all. I think they scored on 10 of 12 drives. Punted, I think, once. Um, turnovers from TCU, no big plays. You can't say that they didn't deserve to be there because they went and they were there. Twelve and one beat Michigan. They were there. They didn't necessarily show up. Do you think that was maybe just the pressure of the moment, or they were just that outclassed in terms of talent? Uh, both for sure. It's really hard to perform on that stage if you haven't been there before or even been close. So, yeah, I'd say pressure big time, but. We might see them back there next year. Who knows? Yeah, Georgia back-to-back champs, and they are the favorite to win next year as well. Um, the past Of the past 17 champions, 13 have been from the SEC Conference of Champions. I hate to say it, but numbers don't lie. No, they don't. But I'll hang my hat on the Buckeyes getting the first college football playoff championship. It's one to remember for sure. Maybe the only one for a while. Who knows? Now it's time to go into the world of mixed martial arts. Kind of some uh, shocking news and big news for both the sport and for Mr. Logan Paul. He signs with the PFL. 
to, I believe his contract is two Nate Diaz fights, one boxing match. And yeah, one. he's in the quote-unquote super fight division. I love it. For that. Totally agree. For that you, uh, uh, company. Yeah, uh, organization. Organization, yep. that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, for that specifically, uh, bring some viewership to hopefully get some of those guys into the UFC. I mean, who's not going to watch Logan Paul and Nate Diaz? Exactly. I'm here for it. Um, also, I've got to double check. That is Logan Paul, right? Not Jake Paul? I think it's Jake Paul. I, I, I'll be honest. I can't tell those guys apart. Um, but I think it is Jake Paul. It's definitely Jake Paul. Logan Paul's in the WWE. So right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Jake Paul. Our mistake. My mistake, I should say. <clears throat> but I have seen some of his training videos that have already gotten released. And he looks fluent. Look, the dude can box. It's not even he's, just boxing. He's proved he's, that. He's, his kick form is pretty much perfect. And he, going back to what uh, Jamie said when we interviewed him at Cigarro, he's a guy that knows the sport better than anybody. Yeah, he's he talented. Love Jake Paul. Yeah. But, yeah, specifically, he was throwing leg kicks, and all of the professional or UFC analysts and professional fighters were like, you can't train that overnight. Like he, the shin contact is perfect, the throws are powerful and perfect, and there was some people talking about how he drops his guard a little bit when he throws a kick, but that's everyone does that. That's normal. Also, it's, that's not anything he, he can't fix. Yeah, that, and but that's how they train you. Yeah, is to lower your left hand when you drop a kick to get more power, and it may just be me, but. I don't want his tree trunk of a leg going up against mine in no any chance. form. No chance. I go down on the heartbeat. Let alone a powerful one. Yeah. He's clearly a quick learner and a natural athlete. And I don't know who his coaches are, but in the right hands, I don't see any reason why he can't be successful. Especially against, what, 42-year-old Nate Diaz? Again, I'm going to watch. We're all going to watch. That I think are. it's one boxing match and then one fight in the octagon yeah like i said yeah and then after that uh, who knows maybe he gets a legit in his prime kind of mma fighter who knows he's what i think he's 25 26 and it's um, maybe not even reached his prime yet yeah who knows uh in other news kind of a little out of left field storyline i found today but there are athletes from all the major American sports getting into the farming business. The farming uh, business. Joe Burrow, Blake Griffin, uh, Islanders forward Anders Lee, Blue Jays pitcher Kevin Gosman, and 20 other athletes have went in together to purchase a 104-acre farm in, o in Iowa for $5 million. The farm produces corn and soy, and the famous investors will lease the land to farmers while asking for single-digit annual return. Great uh, charitable move on their part, right? Uh, the arranged group includes uh, Kimball Walker, Chris Middleton, Zach Ertz, and Sam Hubbard as well. I don't see why it would hurt, and I know that the farming industry itself is going to be happy to stay away from industrialized farms for at least the foreseeable future if athletes are going to start investing. Um, kind of shocked it's taken this long. Um, athletes generally, especially at that level, 
are always looking to make money on their money. And the farming industry, of course, will always be there and is always profitable. Very true. I wonder how that came about, actually. Uh, if somebody's agent or... Well, they, they have a company they work with. I can get the name of it real quick. It is the Patriot Company. Uh, I guess the Mark Patriot, the founder, said right now is perfect timing for athletes to start investing in farming. I'm here for it. So hopefully we can get a little shift to more regenerative 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 yeah farming where you're bringing instead of using chemical fertilizer and all that it's better for the environment take a small hit on profit but with a farm that big you it's maybe one percent two percent only a matter of time till joey b buys a tobacco uh farm <sighs> starts rolling his own Joey B cigar line. There's potential. Why not? What are you any, waiting for? Any Joe? cigar company would jump on that. I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. Actually, it's true. I know he loves La Flor Dominicana. I know he smoked the, the um, Cuban Cohibas. Somebody's got to call him, right? You would think, right? Um, we got some more cigar news. I think, right? That we do. In lines of celebrity cigars, the Guy Fieri Knuckle, Knuckle Sandwich, Sandwich. from Espinosa. What do you have on that? We have a new Connecticut line release that was announced today, um, or released today, I guess. Uh, one of our local shops has them. Yeah, Stogie's has them in, I know for a fact. So we'll probably be picking one of those up to review. I know you had the Maduro. I love the Maduro. Very impressed. Yeah, I love Espinosa as a whole. Again, I'm generally weary of like celebrity-endorsed or celebrity-combination um, like cigars. But the Guy Fieri knuckle sandwich is incredible. And like, I think it's like nine, ten bucks. Give or take. So I know I'm not as big a fan of the Connecticut's as you are, but I'll definitely pick one up and smoke it. For sure. And other news, there's a lot of potential here, but the U.S. reopens the consulate in Cuba. And we are working with the, the our government's working with the Cuban government to get immigrants here legally. Uh, they're looking to fill out 20,000 visas a year as of right now maybe we start import-exporting again, and maybe we get Cubans. Oh, man, that'd be huge. Because, again, you can go to Cuba and buy, I think, 20 sticks and bring them back. But, of course, shops and, and places can't buy directly from Cuba and resell them here. Right. But that would be kind of a game-changer if that actually comes to fruition. It really would be. I've yet to have a true Cuban myself, but by all accounts... They are worth the price, and they are that much better than some of the New World sticks out there. Agreed. And I then, know the Cuban, I think the, I'm going to mess up the letters, J, not JC, but the, the Upman One Cigar of the Year, which is a true Cuban in Cigar Aficionado. Again, if they pass that, things coming in, and I can actually buy and taste one of those, I'm here for it. That would be ideal. And I'm then, totally here for it. For all our Placencia fans out there, Announced today as uh, January 10th, I guess I should say, not today. But the Year of the Rabbit Limited Edition Cigar has been officially announced. The Lunar Year calendar, I guess, they are going to stick with. So be on the lookout for that. You know, a couple companies do that. Um, Mike, 
who again, happy birthday, Mike. Um, he's actually going to, he bought a box of the Davidoff Year of the Rabbits. And he's going to generously give me one this weekend, which I'll smoke. I think on Friday we're going to meet up. Well, hopefully he gives you two. Well, they're a little pricey and he bought ten, so I'll take my one. But he does have some more he's going to give me, some limited edition Monte Cristos and another Davidoff. So I might even uh, record a review and post it up on our Facebook page, maybe. That's a $50 stick. Um, I've never smoked anything pricier than I think 35 with like shop markup. Uh, but he loved it. I think he smoked two so far, so I'm stoked to smoke that one. Um, can't wait. Sounds exciting. Very much so. That's all we got in cigar in the cigar world. Um, I think it's time. Been waiting all night. Ash for cash. Sports betting, baby. Taking the, taking the state success. by storm. So, of course, if you're listening to this, you're probably already on one of the apps, either FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM. Um, I'm just on FanDuel. Last week, I put in my $200 free bet on a Nets-Pelicans parlay. Won two grand. Pretty solid. With house money. I know it was Nets to win. KD for three plus three-pointers. McCollum, four assists. Kyrie, four assists. And Jonas Valanciunas, ten boards. That was the only thing I was waiting on. I was sweating. With four minutes to go, he had six rebounds. Wasn't even in the game. Came in, grabbed one defensively. Two minutes go by. Like three offensive boards. And then he got, on the same possession, back-to-back offensive boards. Clock's ticking. I need one more. I'm like, dude... I'll, I'll shit. And then that next possession on defense, he grabbed that last board. And he did. Austin shit oh, his pants. I did, at actually, work. at work. It was um, one I'm not ashamed of. It was a good shit. Absolutely a winning it shit. was. <laughs> so I'm playing with house money for the foreseeable future. Now, my bet on the show last week, thanks to Green Bay, did not hit. Jags won. Vikings covered 7.5. And, and the under... Good God. I think it was 41 in the Saints-Panthers game. Hit 17. It was a 10-7 to final. Those all hit, but then, of course, the Packers could not come through at home against Detroit. So, three for four. We'll take it. Didn't win anything. Could have cashed out. I like I think 80 bucks before that game started. But, hey, cashing out's for, for nerds, right? Let it ride. <laughs> exactly. Let it go all the way. Exactly. Um, how did your show parlay do? Uh, the only thing that didn't hit was the, I took the under on the Falcons game and then they put up 300 points. Yeah. Absurd there. So I know Tampa rested a lot of guys and didn't really yeah, try that hard. I had a six legger and that was the only one that didn't hit. Yeah. A little disappointed there. How about this week's Ash for cash SNS parlay? I believe you have it locked in. Yeah. I played it safe. Um, at least safe in my mind. I went all NFL and all favorites. For wild card weekend. All money line. Um, I'll pull the actual numbers up. But I've got Dallas. Minnesota. Um, Buffalo. Cincinnati. Who else is playing there? The Chargers. i got the Chargers on the road. Which might slip up. The only ones that worry me overall are the Chargers and then probably the Vikings because I do think the Giants can hold that game close, if not win. Um, Let's see here. Let me pull this up. 
I got Niners, Chargers, Bills, Vikings, Bengals, and Cowboys. A $40 free bet to win $329. Solid. I feel good about it. When you're hot, you're hot. Let's keep this hot streak rolling. Again, playing with house money. I'm here for it. Getting referral bonuses left and right. Uh, both my mom and dad are, uh, are in the FanDuel Express. Oh, man. Our buddy TB was live lightning, lightning betting. betting. Oh, man. That's exciting. I can't yeah, do he it. Was, he, he, was only, he was winning like 15 bucks, running out of the room, just stoked. Yeah, I think it was during the Jags-Titans game. He's like, oh, next possession, Jags score. They scored. Double down. Next possession, Titans punt. Fun, but very stressful to live lightning bet. But so far, having a lot of fun with FanDuel. And uh, I mean, when you win, especially, it, it makes well, it a lot easier, you know. Um, but yeah, we're only, what, 10 days into legal Ohio sports betting? Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm hooked. Close, but no cigar. I believe you had this one. The Texans for missing the first overall pick. Again, I'm not sure it really matters. I know ownership wanted the, one, the number one. You could probably get more if you want to trade out of it than you would the two spot, but I think they probably get their guy nonetheless. Either way, yeah. But just an offbeat, close but no cigar there. Bums. Bums. Lead us off. Uh, if you guys watch the Packers game, you know that Quay Walker, Packers linebacker, who already got ejected once this year for pushing a player who was not even in uniform. Um, he, when DeAndre Swift got hurt, I think in the third quarter, um, of course the training staff of the Lions came out, and Quay Walker pushed a member of the Lions training staff. Which sucks, of course, but especially given what's happened here recently with DeMar Hamlin, that's not a good look. Not at all. He was ejected. Now, we'll see. He came up afterwards and gave a pretty sincere, solid apology. Um, I know him and Swift were teammates in college, so maybe he was just trying to check on him. But you got to control your emotions better. You can't be pushing anybody, let alone a, a team staff member, yeah. on the field. Um, yeah, not a good look after Quay Walker. I know... Um, LaFleur was very upset, rightfully so. Um, and it, I don't want to say it cost him the game, but it didn't help losing one of your better defensive players to a very poor decision Yeah, that in a situation that you have to be better at. Yes, but and in a game you have to win. Uh, mine's kind of in the same taste. Uh, Alex Highsmith, the CPR celebration. Um very tasteless right now. Uh, even Madden removed it from the game. Yeah, I, I know he came out with a with a, what seemed like a sincere apology too, but you just got to know your limit. Their defense was they've been doing that all year, but every but again, team stayed away from it. You've kind of got to read the room. You got to know the situation better than that, especially in a game where like it doesn't really matter. I mean, the only thing you did was keep your coach's win streak alive. Um, what what was the play? It was just a sack. So you got a sack and then pulled the CPR yeah. move. Yeah, not a good look. Yeah, that's a very bad look. Uh, my second bum, the entire Cowboys team. Um, in a game that honestly didn't matter because the Eagles won, 
but you want to have some momentum going into the playoffs. And to not just lose to Washington, but to lose badly. Very badly. They put up six points. Dak looked like garbage, honestly. Yeah. Defense looked like they didn't want to be there. You lose to a rookie quarterback in his first start in week 18. Come on, man. You got to do better than that. Bum of the week, the entire Cowboys team. Yeah, I'm looking at that Dak Prescott portrait you have up there. Might be taken down. In disgust. Which reminds me, I actually have a Troy Aikman rookie card. Which we can definitely put up here in studio. Absolutely. Somewhere. Um, Again, if you guys go to our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. um, The studio is definitely coming together. Got to give a shout out to our boy Brian Noble. For this great new table. You guys probably have seen it already. Oh yeah. Um, Incredible piece. A definite upgrade. It's beautiful. Totally handmade. And really like has cigar colors with the dark like maduro looking wood and connecticut looking wood uh we got that mentioned and that was unintentional yeah but i see it and now i can't unsee it yeah it's the exact kind of piece you would see in a cigar bar or lounge or studio it's not though because they don't have this one of a kind it's a one of a kind table handmade by Brian Noble. Gong B. Hit. Noble. Gong hit incoming. Absolutely. Other than that, a lot of new things hung up in here. Uh, well, I TCU, my bums of the week, oh, yeah, speaks finish, for itself. Off. Ah, that's... Speaks for itself. But we've got a couple more pieces we got to hang up. Uh, a couple pieces that you're going to move in here. And then she'll be... I mean, we'll just add on, but... Yeah, it's only going to keep getting more and more... These walls are going to be less bare as uh, the year goes on. That's, that's right. Sure. Yeah, I put up my Cowboys and Red Legs pennant along with the Ohio State one we already had. A Dak Prescott picture, a Zeke picture, and then a couple great um, like cigar whiskey paintings and, and artwork. And still more to come, especially on Cam's side. I know you brought in some pieces that you just bought. Got a cigar knowledge piece that uh, like gives you all the sizes, the ring gauges, the inches, and the names of the sizes. Uh, got a little Cavs poster, and then probably what's our favorite piece. Big time. There's a fell out a poker table with a cigar whiskey glass and playing poker. Checks off all our boxes. And then we have the cigar neon sign that still needs to go up, the recording sign that needs to go up, which should all be taken care of by next show, even though we said that this show, Austin got things a little uh, little lazy. Unfortunately, you can't nail things into the wall at 10 p.m. Yeah. But hey, it'll definitely be up by next show. For sure. Um, with that, my final cigar review, of course, I had the Foundation Tabernacle um, specifically, it was the Havana Seed, Connecticut. Um, still burning. I've got probably an inch left or so. No touch-ups. No faults in the burn or draw or smoke production. Great flavors throughout. Um, versatile. A lot of things going on. Still some things I really can't quite define. Um, and, of course, the the Aberlauer Abunad is just... Definitely making its way into my top five scotches of all time. 
that I've had to this point. Um, with that, we got to give B Noble a gong hit, and we'll wrap up show. <coughs> B Noble, we know you're listening, pal. Thanks again for the incredible table. This one's for you. Cam, take us out. You know what we say. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We have so much fun doing this. And sports and stogies. To the moon.